Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Eating Alone in My Car show with your host. So sad today. Uh, Today I'm having Skittles. Pack of Skittles. Plain and simple. I actually, I I wanted the, uh, the tropical Skittles. I don't know if you've ever had the tropical Skittles. Um, They're amazing. There also used to be a kind of Skittle that was, I don't know, I think they were limited a dish. Um, They were like an ice cream sundae variety of Skittles. They were, there was like vanilla, chocolate. Um, I don't know. They were fucking amazing. Um, It was a real party, let me tell you. But um, unfortunately, the bodega where I went to purchase the Skittles only had the regular and you know what it's fine um I think my favorite Skittle is probably the red I feel like the red is like the sweetest of all of every Skittle um it's like if there's a choice between like sweet and extra sweet I want the sweetest possible thing Um, I have very salty taste buds as a Jew. I feel like that's sort of built in, but I also, um, when I, when I'm going sweet, I want like the sweetest possible. Like it's just sort of, I don't know. It's just sort of, it's, it's the way I roll. It's just sort of my thing. And, um, you know, give me the sweetest possible. It's like, I think because in the world, sometimes it feels like there's just not enough sweetness. So I'm like, let's just pack it in. You know, it reminds me of when, when I was a kid and I was binge eating, <clears throat> which was often whenever I could get my hands on anything. Um, and I would take like a piece of bread, um, and a pe- and some butter and then just pour all the sugar I could on it and then fold the piece of bread and have like a bread and sugar sandwich. Um, that, you know, I think it's connected to that, like wanting, you know, feeling like the world does not have enough sweetness, both literally and metaphorically. Um, I remember when I used to go over to my friends' houses and like they would have all kinds of junk and they had these, they had these mothers who like, you know, like let them eat that shit. And it was always, I was always just trying to get us into the kitchen. Like I was always just trying to get us into the zone, you know, into the realm of where, of where the deliciousness could be. Really, I just wanted to always be eating. Um, I mean, I still want to always be eating, but, um, you know, now I often have like Nicorette in my mouth or, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm chugging on the Coke Zero or, Um, but I, I really, I wanted to just always be eating and I wanted, um, I wanted a lot, but I want, I wanted to always be eating. Like I remember I would feel like, I remember going to like a museum. I fucking hate museums. And I think this is why, like, I remember going to a museum and just like we looking at like art in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia art museum, and just being like, not understanding why, when there's a cafeteria, like why you would bother walking around and looking at the art when you could just be eating pudding or Nestle's crunch bars in the cafeteria. Like why, you know, like food was to me that like, that was the art, you know, like that was like, if it was about, if art 
was I didn't really know why we were there. I didn't really know what art was about. But if it was about pleasure, why weren't we just in the cafeteria the whole time? You know, and like the same was like I remember going to the Air and Space Museum. And it was like all I knew was that there was astronaut ice cream in the fucking gift shop. You know, I didn't really give a shit about, like, the space shuttles and stuff. It was like, just get me to the gift shop. Um, And so when I'd be at my friends' houses, I remember, you know, it was, like, all about just trying to get us into the kitchen. You know, like, hints. Because once you got into the kitchen, then, like, you could sort of work your way, you know, work your way into the food. And um, I would try... There was a neighbor, a girl of mine, there was a neighbor, um, and... She would, I sort of found myself prostituting myself for snacks, which was totally fine. I was totally down with that. Um, It was fun. But so we would play prom and she sort of knew like my penchant for snacks and she sort of knew like how hard up I was, you know, she was only a year older than me. I mean, I don't, I don't feel like I was abused or like I was being groomed. Like, you know, we were, we were really young, but, um, probably nine and 10 or 10 and 11. No, younger than 10 and 11, maybe like eight and nine. And so she, we would play prom. And so we would like, and she was Todd and I was Elizabeth. She was really into Sweet Valley High. That Sweet Valley High wasn't my thing. I was much more of like a babysitter's club person, but she was into like Sweet Valley High. Sorry, it's my car. I just... I realized my phone needed to charge, so I turned it on so that I can be charging. Um, You're getting the real blow-by-blow here. The fascinating, the fascinating perspective. But, um, and so she would, so she really was into, like, Sweet Valley High. And so, um, which, first of all, from what I know of Sweet Valley High, there's twins. There's Elizabeth and Jessica. And Elizabeth's, like, the good girl. And Jessica's the bad girl. Why the fuck wouldn't, like, I don't know why we wouldn't be Jessica and Todd. Like, why wouldn't you be, like, the bad, like why wouldn't you like want to be the bad girl? You know, like I, that doesn't really make sense to me. Like why Elizabeth? But you know, I didn't give a shit. I, so I was like, all right, I didn't really know the sweet Valley book. So I was like, okay, I'm Elizabeth, you're Todd. And so we would play prom in her room and like we would dance. And I do remember feeling like kind of turned on and like romantic, but I really think what I was most turned on by was like the anticipation because then we were going to have, we were going to have refreshments. You know, at some point in the night, there were going to be refreshments at the prom. And so I think I was more turned on. Like, I definitely probably did like girls and boys, like, at that point, you know. But it was like I was more turned on by the idea that there were going to be, like, impending refreshments, you know. And so we would, like, dance. We would, like, slow dance in her room. That was cool. And then we would, like... Um, but then also this was the weird thing. Like I would think that if you're going to the prom, you'd have like refreshments like at the prom and like then have the after prom hookup. But like we, I guess to ensure that like we had our after prom hookup, the, we, the refreshments, we didn't have the refreshments until like everything was done. So it was like, we would go to the prom, we'd slow dance. And then like we would like, after prom we'd be in the quote-unquote limo which was her bed and um we would um kiss with toilet paper between our mouths like we would put toilet paper between our mouths and she'd like get on top of me um and then like one time she wanted to take the toilet paper off and we did and it was fine like I just remember her lips were soft I actually I hadn't kissed anyone yet that was like my first because I think I was like literally eight years old or something very young um 
and we would kiss and we kissed. I mean, I liked it. You know, it was like enjoyable. Like it was fine. Um, but, but again, I feel like, you know, any excitement that I felt, any like anticipation was much more sort of about like, well, what are we going to have? So, um, you know, so then, and then, so she would bribe me with like pretzels and soda, or I remember we had apple fritters. I, I didn't even know what an apple fritter was, but I just knew that they, she said they had apple fritters in their freezer, some kind of frozen fritter. And so I was like, uh, I will slut myself out for an apple fritter. Like I was like totally down, you know? And then like, were the apple fritters even that good? Like, were they worth it? I don't know. Um, but, and then just like eating the apple fritters and, um, you know, having, having, uh, having put myself out there in such a way, but you know, it was like fine. Like I was like totally fine with it. Like I was DTF, you know, as long as like, I guess I was very easily bought and sold, you know, I'm just like, and, and, you know, I guess that's been a theme throughout my life. You know, it's like, I mean, for much of my life, it never even took an apple fritter. Like I'd be buying you the apple fritter, you know, cause I wanted to feel like independent and, and, uh, I don't know. I felt, I feel like I was always like, I was always like, I was never like, guys were never like buying me drinks. I was never like a getting drinks bought for me. There always felt something weird to me about that. Like, like, like it was being like traded or something. So like, I kind of, I guess I gave up on my hashtag fritter life And I just sort of then like was like it didn't even take a fritter. You know what I'm saying? Like it didn't take a fritter. It was just like whatever. You know, whatever. So what can I say? No longer a girl. Not yet a fritter. Um, I don't know. Everything just feels so like shitty right now. Um, I mean things aren't really shitty. But you know, it's all about, it's all about your perspective and in some ways, I don't know. In some ways, I think I'm, like, a very, I'm a very positive person. But, um, I guess my, you know, it, it's, it's that sort of leading with fear thing. It's the sort of leading with fear thing that, um, makes it difficult for me to, um, enjoy a moment. I feel like everyone's always peer pressuring you to, like live in the moment, you know, it's like, there's a lot of pressure to live in the moment. And like, sometimes I actually really do like the moment. Like, I think it's when, you know, I'm in like a, I'm in like a good meditation or like I've surrendered, you know, I think like giving up is like such a good feeling. Like I fucking love just giving up. Like giving up is like, maybe the wisest, but it's like hard to stop like kicking and dragging, you know? And it's also sometimes hard to know like what is surrender and what is, um, just like being lazy and not giving a fuck. I think I will probably always err on the side of doing too much. Like, I don't know that it's ever, I'm ever going to kind of be, lazy in that sense, just because I think I'm, like, too fearful of, like, disappearing off the face of the earth to be, quote-unquote, like, lazy. Like, I'm too afraid of that to actually do that. Um, so I probably always err on the side of, like, doing too much and pushing too hard. Um, but there are pockets of places where I do feel like I'm lazy. Like, 
Um, sometimes I fear like edits or rejection because it means I'm going to have to like do a fucking thing again. Like I kind of just want to do a thing and like not do it again. Um, but right now I feel like I'm just sort of in this weird limbo place, um, because I'm like waiting for my agent to sell this book in the next couple of months, hopefully. Um, and, um, you know, we're just finishing the last edits on it and I have some like screenwriting stuff that's like up in the air. So it's just like, there's a lot up in the air and I'm not the kind of person who's like, well, it's all going to go great. Like, this is great. Like all these potential options. I'm more like, well, it's all over, you know, it's all going to be because out of safety, right? Like if I prepare myself for all of it to fail and then I'm fucked, then like I won't be disturbed. Well, I probably still will be disturbed, but you know that this is the game I play. Like I won't, I'm preparing myself. I'm making it safe. Um, I'm trying to protect myself, right? Like emotionally or whatever, um, for like nothing good to happen so that I'm not surprised. Um, but you know, so I just sort of feel like I'm just like very meh. Um, and it's, you know, I wish that I did kind of get like more juju just from within myself, like that it doesn't take like something good happening on the outside, like good news to energize me. Um, because it never really energizes me for very long anyway. Like I, uh, good news quickly becomes, you know, it's always the, it's either the fear of not getting something you want or losing something you have. So as soon as something good happens, then it becomes like the fear of losing something you have. You know, like once you sell the book, then it's the fear of, sort of the fear of the reception of the book, but that's that's part of it. But it's more the fear like, well, what if like no one notices? You know, what if it just like falls empty? Like it's it seems to me from this vantage where I am right now waiting to sell the next book that like once that happens, I'm going to feel like, okay, like my, I know what my next shit is for the next couple years, you know, like I know what I'm doing, but in reality that just opens up like new pockets of fear, you know, that just opens up then the fear of not being enough, the fear of failure, um, the fear of like nothing is going to happen in a whole other realm, you know, you're never really, we're never like really safe from our mind. And that is why I think like, it is an inside job, you know, like I know this, I know that like, I know because I've experienced serenity that is completely not contingent on any good things happening. Like it is an inside job, but sometimes it is, I'm like, do we really have control over our mind? You know, do we like, you know, sometimes it is chemical. I don't know. I mean, I remember reading the yoga sutras of Patanjali and like the first principle, you know, was, um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's like Chitta Vritti Narodaha. Um, I just said that's so Japanese. That was like Jappy Sanskrit. It's like Chitta Vritti Narodaha. And it's like control of the mind stuff right? Like that's liberation, control of the mind stuff. Um, but that can be like pressure in and of itself. 
And that can be sort of like another expectation or another, like get the gaining, the attempt to gain control of the mind stuff can be like another sort of attempt to accomplish in and of itself. Like that spiritual materialism shit, you know, or like, I don't know, just, I, I haven't practiced yoga, physical yoga in years. Um, although I probably should for this hip situation. I, I feel like I never stretch. I never stretch. Like, I'm just like, you know, I run, I'll run for like miles or I'll do like the spin shit. And then as soon as it's over and they're like stretching on the bike, I'm like, I'm out. Like, I just got to get to my locker and like, go check my phone. Like I never stretch, but so it would probably be like good for me to like get back in the yoga. But I remember like when I got super, when I was like really obsessed, you know, cause I can't do anything like half. It's either like all or nothing. When I was like deep in the game, like, I remember feeling like, you know, there was, like, phys- like not, I, I don't like to feel competitive. Like, it makes me feel icky. Um, so I, like, didn't feel like I was doing it. But I remember sort of, like, there were people in the class and I'd be, like, show off. You know, like, there can be even, like, a competitive nature about the physical element of yoga. Um, but definitely regarding, like, the mind. You know, like... Yes, control of the mind stuff. Like, yes, it is an inside job. There's no amount of outside shit. There is no coat. You know, there is no pair of shoes. There is no bag, even though it always feels like there's going to be a bag. There is no um, hair color that's not going to grow out. Recently, um, I feel very abandoned. My hair colorist has stopped. That's a whole other fucking thing. My hair colorist has um, decided only to work on his company and he has stopped doing hair color and I just feel like I've been dropped in the middle of the wilderness. But you know, it's like, even when I get my hair colored by him, like yes, I saw him for five years and it was a relationship and I feel as though I've just gone through a breakup. But even with that, it's like the hair grows out and then you just gotta do it fucking again. You know, it's like, there's no sort of external anything where you are safe. There is no, that is an illusion. You know, and there's probably no internal where you're safe because the mind will always like drift back to thoughts. But it's like it is more of an internal sitch than an outside outside sitch. But sometimes even like that idea of like getting the internal, getting your head right, like sometimes even that can be like this thing where it's like, you know, I don't want it to be like something I'm trying to accomplish, you know, like it's like. I don't know like let it be like letting it be is fucking hard as shit like surrender that is like the thing you know that surrender that is the thing this morning I like left my house and um I have this Buddha statue from like some earlier time in my life where I like was trying to like you know harness God like harness an inner feeling harness surrender harness letting go through like you know a buddha statue i was like with you know I, I i it's funny like to imagine yourself to like imagine these times in my life like purchasing the buddha statue and being like this buddha statue commemorates like a moment in my life where i feel at peace or like i don't remember exactly what was happening or it's like with this buddha statue I shall, like, now have all the power, you know, and again, like, not the power over the universe, but, like, the power over my, you know, I will, I will live in a state of peace with this Buddha statue, I mean, it's just very funny, it was probably from, like, Pier 1 Imports or something, but so I was leaving my house, so I ha- I still have this Bo- this Buddha statuette, it's, like, outside, on, uh, in, like, a little, like, by a bush, I've had it forever, 
And um, I noticed that like a bird had taken a shit on the Buddha statue. The bird took the shit like right. And it's funny because the bird took the shit like right in the Buddha's hands. It's like the Buddha is sitting and meditating and like it's like holding the bird shit. And at first it like really bothered me because I'm I'm very like I'm, I wouldn't say I'm like a neat freak at all. Like if in fact I'm like I'm not, but I just will. I'm a fixator, so it's like I, I, I'm very I'm very like Lady Macbeth. I think it's Lady Macbeth. Out out damn spot, is that Lady Macbeth? The witches of Macbeth. I don't. Where's that Hamlet's mom? No, I think that's. I mean, I'm kind of like Ophelia too, but no, I think that's Lady Macbeth. You know, out out damn spot. It's like the little spot of blood. You know, it's like that little. It's always. As they say, it's it's never the elephant in the living room. It's always the ants in the kitchen. You know, it's like that little, it's always the little thing. Like, I'm like, if I can, it was like when I was moving. You know, if I could just get my candles right, then I'll be okay. Again, that attempt to like, because it's always like there's a little bit of grating, you know, in my mind. You know, in my mind, in my, in my psyche, in my, in the way I feel. There's always just that little thing, right? We never arrive. There's always bird shit on the fucking Buddha, but it's like, so, you know, but it's, so it's, it's like, I fixate on one little thing because it's like, I don't notice a lot of stuff in life. Like I'm pretty, people think sometimes I'm people, a lot of people think I'm pretty chill because a lot of things like do roll off my back, but then it's like, but then there's like the, uh, then there's like kind of the, the the element that is like I just there's always the one thing I'm fixating on you know maybe that's why I'm like chill about the world or I seem chill about the world and I can let a lot of stuff go because I'm like obsessing about one thing you know it's like eating disorders right it's like if you if I can just control like let's reduce all the complexity and our powerlessness over the world down to this one thing because like the complexity of the world it's just fucking overwhelming and the amount we're powerless so let's like reduce it all down to this one thing so it's like anyway so I walk, so this bird shit, like, really bought, I was just like, oh, like, oh, and I was like, what do I do? Do I scrub the bird shit off? And then I was like, well, you know, obviously, like, the obvious fucking symbolism here is like, you know, there's always bird shit, right? Like, Buddha, beautiful, pure Buddha, meditating on the bird shit. You know, it's like a bird is always shitting on the the Buddha. Like, we do not arrive you know, or like perhaps arrival is sitting with the bird shit and like laughter, right? Like then I, then I, then it became funny to me. Like then I was like, okay, like, of course the bird always shits on the Buddha, but there's something. And I was like, okay, I'm going to let this go. Like the, I'm, I'm leaving the bird shit on the Buddha, like as a quote unquote reminder, you know, right? Like if I were like a Dharma teacher, I'd be like, there's, you know, there's, it is a reminder that like, you know, nothing gold can stay and it is a constant letting it, whatever, but I'm not a Dharma teacher. And so for me, it's like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to leave it. And it's funny, right? There's always bird shit on the Buddha. Like, all right, that's a pretty obvious message. Like just when we arrive, you know, like you, we never, you never get everything under control, right? Like even when, and if my agent sells this book, hopefully, then there's just more bird shit. You know, and so it's like we gotta like go within and like blah 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 and whatever. But um, although even that, right? Even that 
it's a Buddhist statue, right? Even the going within, like, even that is, there's not, I mean, maybe there, I mean, you know, whatever. Some people, somebody, somebody recently was like, I do believe in enlightenment. And I'm like, I do. But like, I also think that, you know, like, I don't want to like say, oh, there's like no one, like I'm sure just because I'm like an incredibly limited person, like I'm sure some people do arrive, but it's like the thing, if you meet the Buddha in the road, like kill him or I don't know. I mean, I'm not really in the thing of killing anyone. I'm more about like killing myself, but like, you know, it's like anyone who's like, I'm enlightened. It's like, mm, I've yet to meet someone who like declared that they like knew what was up that I'm like, I trust you. Like anyone I've met who's like, I completely know what's up. I'm like, all right. Um, you're probably like fucking all your students. So, but I digress. So, but so for me, it's like, you know, I want to be the kind of person who like laughs at the bird shit in life, you know? And I think ultimately I do get around to that. It's like, I do, like I do when shit falls apart, you know, like I, I do, that is where I go, like in order to handle the ache of life. But it's like, not always what I do first. Like I first, I'm like scrubbing the bird shit or I'm like buying a new Buddha or I'm like getting upset about, you know, like, and it's sort of like for me letting go, like I'm not just an effortless letter goer, you know, I'm not an effortless letter goer. Like for me, the process, I hate when people talk about, I hate when people are like my process. I feel like there's like writers on Twitter who are like, I don't know. Like there used to be, well, there used to be these writers on Facebook, these like bros who'd be like talking about like how many words they had written that they'd be like 10,000 words today, like gut punch, you know, like it was like their form of like those dudes on Reddit who are like talking about how many reps they did and like creatine. And then, like, there's other writers, like, on on Twitter who are, like, got my idea for my next novel. And I'm just, like, just write the fucking novel, okay? Like, I don't need to, like, like, you're making me feel, like, just please. Like, do I need to hear about, like, the blow-by-blow? Blow? Like, I don't know. Like, maybe if, maybe if you're, like, maybe Nabokov, like, okay, I'm, like, down to hear about, like, Nabokov's process. But, like, not you, honey. Sorry. Um, so you know, process. But like, I think my process, it's never just like, I don't, I never just like let go. You know, there's that thing, let go be dragged or be dragged. And I always have to like be dragged first, you know, or really drag myself. That's what it is. You know, like I'm dragging myself because I'm just like holding on, you know, paranoid, anxious. And then finally, I'm like, oh, like I'm so fucking sick of my own mind. I'm so fucking So it's like, Surrender is the last thing that happens, you know. Surrender is the last thing that happens. Um, you know, and laughter happens like along the way, you know. It's like, oh. Remember remember to fucking laugh. Remember to fucking laugh. You know, but even that, right? Like even laughter can become this like commodified thing, like letting go or spiritual, you know, it's like laughter is the best medicine. You know, like everything can become this commodified thing. Um because I think we're all, you know, we want something to hold on to. And like in America that happens in terms of like brands, you know, and maybe the human mind, maybe that's a natural place for the human mind, you know, that compartmentalization. Um, so I don't know right now I'm just compartmentalizing these, uh, Skittles in my mouth. And sometimes that's really all we can do.
Is there a koan? Is there a, is there a, is there a teaching moment? Is there a is there a dharma talk one can one can give in a about a bag of skittles? Life is like a bag of skittles. You know, they're all they're all fine. Some are better than others. Tropical are really the best, but you know, it's harder to find them and uh of course the best ones are a limited edition. Uh but maybe they're not the best ones. Those ice cream sundae ones, maybe they were just great because they were limited edition. And uh maybe in hindsight I'm having you fork recall over how good they were. No, they were that good. They were that good. Those fucking ice cream sundae Skittles. They were it was that good. Look, there's there's euphoric recall. There is remembering something as more beautiful than it was. There's also remembering only the good parts of something and not the bad parts. Often we do that with uh, past loves. We remember only the good parts and not why we broke up. Um, oh, yeah, I had a very sexy dream about an ex last night. That was hot. That was nice. Um, yeah. Um, but so, I mean, it was nice and now I'm feeling sad. But, um, you know, there's there's the euphoric, euphoric recall. Um, but I do think those ice cream sundae Skittles were as good as I remember them. You know? Now, would they, if I could always have them, would they be that good? Probably. Um, you know, I'd have a different relationship with them. I think I would have gotten into a relationship with, I think I would have probably had an abusive relationship with those ice cream sundae Skittles. Maybe not an abusive relationship. No, you know what would have happened? I would have become dependent. I would have had to eat them every single day, you know, for like the rest of my life or like three years till I found that next thing. Um, and then, um, you know, I would have almost like not even liked them, but needed them. I would have needed them. You know, it would have been, I would have been very codependent with those Skittles. It would have been very coda. Um, so, you know, I've got the, I've got the fruit flavor Skittles. Taste of the 80s here. You know, they're lovely. I'm not gonna, I feel no, I don't feel super emotional attached to them. The sex, attachment to them, the sex isn't that good between us. You know, it's mediocre, it's fine. I think we'll just go on and be able to be friends after. Uh, and it'll be great. So... Anyway, on that note, wishing you uh, a uh, not very codependent. Well, no. You know what? Get codependent with your candy. Really get in there. Really be an enabler this week. You know? Help those M&Ms bottom out faster. And uh, that's it. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye.